What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Following is from my book. The True Irish Ghost Stories by Mark Rains Chapter 1 Haunted Houses in Onia Dublin Of all the species of ghostly phenomena that commonly known as haunted houses appeals most to the ordinary person. There is a, something very eerie being shut up within four walls of a house with a ghost. Poor human being placed under such disadvantage be known that the gateway or a road or a field has a reputation of being haunted. You can nearly every case make a detour and so avoid the unpleasant locality. But the presence of a ghost in a house creates a very different state of affairs. Peers and disappears its own sweet will with total disregard of our feelings seems to be much part and parcel of our demoiselle as the staircase or hall door. Consequently, Nothing short of leaving the house or pulling it down, both these conditions, solutions, not always practical, will feel free us absolutely from the unknown welcome presence. There also is something so natural at the same time as so unnatural is seeing doors open. We know that there's no human hand rests on the knob or hearing the sound of footsteps, light or heavy, feeling cannot be attributed to feet of mortal man or woman. Perhaps a form appears, a room, standing, sitting or walking. In fact, situated its three-dimensional dimensions apparently as an ordinary being of flesh and blood. And so it proves its unnatural, of its unearthly nature by vanishing before astonished eyes. Or perhaps we are asleep in bed. Room is shrouded in darkness or cumbered multitude. Together with the weight of thread clothes, hampers our movement and probably, probably makes us more recalling. Man will meet pain or bodily danger bodily if he is standing upright, occupying the erect position while it is his lord or creation. But his courage does not well so high if he is sublime, supine. He awakens suddenly by the feel that some superhuman presence is in the room. Transfix a terror. We cannot find us either the bell rope or the matches, or we dare not leap out of bed and make a rush for the door. At least we shall encounter. We know not what. In ag- agony of fear, we feel it moving towards us. It approaches closer, yet closer to the bed. For what matter why or what may not have happened, we must refer our readers to this page of this book. A sceptical reader would say, this is all very well, 
But there are no haunted houses. All these alleged strange happenings are due to vivid imagination. Elsa, the rats and mice, question deliberate and conscious fraud may be rejected in almost every instance. A simple solution has been put forward. So often it would seem infallible. I've solved the problem long ago. I will such a reader explain how it is that as noise made by rats and mice resembles slow, heavy footsteps, or else take the form of a human being seen by several persons, or how our imagination can cause doors to be opened shut, or else create the congregation of noises which physically could be beyond power of individuals to reproduce. Whatever may be the ultimate explanation, we feel there is a great deal in the words quoted by Professor Barnett. In spite of all reasonable circumstances, it's difficult to avoid accepting, at least provisionally, a conclusion that there are, in certain sense, haunted houses, i.e. they are houses in which similar quasi-human apparitions occurred at, same, at different times, different inhabitants, and so this was exclude a hypothesis, suggestion, expectation. We now turn to the subject of this chapter, Miss J. G. Kelly, and one lady well known in musical circles in Dublin, bends her own personal experiences the following tale, the most quite haunting, in which the spectacle, spectacle chair lady was not seen, did not, does not seem to be entirely laid aside or main day habits. My first account of a ghost occurred about 20 years ago. On that occasion, I was standing in the kitchen, my own, my own house in Square. The woman, whom I was afterwards seen many times, walked down the stairs into the room. I heard the footsteps outside. I was not at least perturbed, but turned to look who it was. I found myself looking at a tall, stout, early woman wearing a bonnet and old-fashioned fantail. She had grey hair, a benign, admirable expression. We stood gazing at each other while one could count twenty. At first I was not at all frightened, but gradually as I stood looking at her uncomfortable feeling, increasing the terror came over me. It caused me to retreat further and further back, till I had my back against the wall, then her apparition slowly faded. This feeling of terror drew perhaps her unsatisfactoriness of her appearance. Always overcame me on the subsequent occasions which I saw her. His occasions numbered twelve to fifteen. I have seen her in every room in the house, every hour of the day, during a period of about ten years. Last time she appeared she was ten years ago, as and I just returned from a concert at which he had been singing. We sat for some time with the supper, talking about the events of the evening. At last I rose to leave the room, opened the dining room door. Found my old lady standing on the mat outside with her head bent towards the door in the attitude of listening. Called out loudly, with my, and my husband rushed to my side. It was the last time I'd seen her. Unpeculiarity of this spectral visitation, with a large, strong objection disorder or tiredness of any kind, or even an alteration in the general routine of the house. For instance, he showed no disapproval of any strangers coming to sleep or turning chairs face downwards on the floor. In a room they were to occupy. I well remember one of our guests having gone to his room one evening for something he had forgotten. Marking and coming downstairs again. Well, you people have an extraordinary manner of arranging your furniture. I nearly broke my bone. 
or over one of those bedroom chairs. Richard turned down the floor. My husband and I restored the chair twice already with proper position during the day. We're not so much surprised that it was marked so. He did not lighten him. Half found him disturbed by peculiar knocking, which occurred to various rooms in the house, frequently the door or the wall, the side of his furniture, quite close to where that we had been sitting. It was eventually loud enough to be heard in the next house for our next door neighbour once of my husband, while he said these such curious hours of hanging his pictures. Now a strange and fairly frequent occurrence was following. I had a set of skunk furs, I fancied had an unpleasant odour, as the furs sometimes has. At night I used to take it from my wardrobe and lay it on a chair in the dining room, which was next to my bedroom. First time I did this, on going to the drawing room, found my surprise my muff, so uncalled and stole in another. Not for a moment suspecting a supernatural agent. I asked my servant about it. She assured me she had not been in the room for that morning. Whereupon I determined to test the matter, which I did by pulling the furs late at night. Taking it in, that was the first rent of home in the morning. I eventually found they were, that they had been disturbed. The following strange prophetic incident occurred a well-known squire on the north side of the city. In about a hundred years ago, a young officer of the Order of Dublin took a house where, there for himself and family, except for his wife and two children, intended to join him, of course, for a few days. Well, after the nurse arrived, we found an old, only an old chair lady, chair lady in the house. She left shortly after arrival. Finding that something was needed, the nurse went out to purchase it. On her return, she asked the mother where the children were right, as she'd seen two gushy fools slip past them on the doorstep. Never answered that she believed they were. By going up to the nursery, she found both the children their throats cut. Murder never brought to justice. No motives ever discovered the crime. Unfortunately, mother went mad, said that the only feeling still clings to the house. The two little heads sometimes seen in the window, a room where the deed was committed. A most weird experience happened to Major McGregory, contributed him, by him to the real ghost stories, the Saturday Christmas number review of reviews. He says, in the end of 1871, I went over to Ireland to visit my very living square, north side of Dublin. In January 1972, the husband, my relative, fell ill. Sat up with him for several nights at last. He had been better. Went to bed and directed the footman to call me. If anything went wrong, I soon fell asleep. But sometime after he was wakened, I pushed one by pushing left shoulder. I started up and then, is anything wrong? Up and said, is there anything wrong? But no answer. Immediately received another push, I got annoyed and said, Can you get speak, man? Tell me where this thing is. there anything wrong? The other answer had a feeling I was going to get another push. I suddenly turned around and caught the human hand, warm, pump, and soft. I said, Who are you? I got no answer. I tried to pull a person towards me, but could not do so. They said, What I do do, I know who you are. I said the hand, having the hand tight in my hand, with my left eye. I felt the wrist and arm enclosed, it seemed to me, in a tight-fitted sleeve of some winter material, a linen cuff, that when I got to the elbow, all trace of the arm ceased. I was down and let the hand go, and just as the clock struck two, including the mistress of the house, the five females' establishment, I was assured the hand belonged to none of them. 
reported to their adventure. Servants claimed, oh, it must have been the Mint's Oh, Betty, who lived for many years in the upper part of the house. He died over fifty years before great age. I've just heard the room which I felt the hand considered haunted. Very close noises and peculiar instances occurred, such as bedclothes torn off, etc. One lady had a slap in the mouth face with some invisible hand which she had felt lit her cradle candle. She saw as if something complete fell to the fell or jumped off the bed. General officer her lady bothered her lady. Slept there two nights but throwing going to a hotel raining the third night. Never would say what he heard or saw. Always said the room was going canny. Slept for months that room offers never felt at least disturbed. A truly terrifying night was witnessed by a clergyman in a schoolhouse of many good many years ago. His cleric was a curate of the Danish Dublin parish, resided with his parents some distance away out of town in direction of Marmot Manalay hide. Not doing gratefully happened. He had had to hold meetings in the evenings and on such occasions that his house was so far away as the modern convenience of Tranquers was not known. He was known to sleep in the schoolroom, a large bare room where meetings were held. He made a sleeping apartment for himself by placing the pole across one end of the room, which he rigged two curtains, which, which even drawn together, met in the middle. One night he'd been holding some meeting. When everybody left, he locked up the empty schoolhouse and went to bed. A bright moonlight night. Every object had been seen publicly clearly. Scarcely had he got into bed when he became conscious of some invisible presence. He saw the curtains agitated at one end, as his hands were grasping them. On the outside, in an agony of terror, he watched his hands groping alongside, outside the curtains, till they reached the middle. Curtains were then drawn a little apart. Face peered in. Lawful, evil, eerie face, evil face, special witness, hate upon it, which no words could describe. He looked him at, to him at few moments, and drew back again. Curtains closed. The clergyman, with courage, left to leap out the red, make a thorough examination of the room. But as he expected, he found no one. Dressing himself so quickly, he passed as possible. Walked home, never stepped night in that schoolroom. Following tale was sent by Mr. E. B. De Lacey, contains which strongly and saturated element of the mystery. It says when I was a boy, I lived in the suburbs. I used to come in every morning to school in the city. I lay lay for a certain street, which stood a very dismal, semi-detached house, which you might say closed up regularly, but every six months we would see very tenants coming into it. And then in a few months it would be let again. This went for on for eight or nine years. I often wondered what the reason was the reason. Quarrying one day from a friend, told it was a reputation of being haunted. A few years later I entered business in a certain office. One day it fell upon my lot. I have a call on a lady, or who in that particular period was a tenant in the haunted house. When we interested our business, she informed me that she was about to leave. Then we to the house being to, to, to various of the investigation of the ghost story. I asked if she would give me the uh, history as far as she knew it. 
which he said kindly did as follows. About four years ago, the house was left by Will to a gentleman named. He lived in it for a short time. He suddenly went mad and had to be put in asylum. Upon this, his agent let the house to a lady. Apparently nothing happened, usual happened for some time. Three months later, he went down one morning to a room behind the kitchen, found a hot cook hanging by rope attached to the hook in the ceiling. At the inquest, the lady gave up the house. It was then the closed up closed for some time, but again it was advertised to let. Caretaker, woman, was put into it. One night after one o'clock, constable, doing his rounds, heard someone calling for help. My house the found the caretaker and still one of the windows, holding as best she could. Holding as best she could. She he told her go and open the ball door. Let him in. She refused to enter the room again. He forced the door open the door and succeeded in dragging the woman back in the room, only fine. She'd gone mad. Get the house shut up. Again it was let this type of lady of five years lease. Ever after a few months of evidence, she looked it up and went away. Friends again. Uh, on her friends asking her why she did so, why she would rather pay whole five years rent and live in herself or allow anyone else to do so, but would give no reason. I believe I was the next person to take this house, said the lady, now destroyed to me, i.e. Mr. De Lacey. It took about eight months, three months ago, it took on about 18 months ago, on a freely lease. The hopes of making money or taking boulders are now giving up out because none of them say more than a week or two. They do not give up any different reason as to why they're leaving. They are careful to state this not because they have any fault to find me and my domestic arrangements. They many say they do not like the rooms. The room themselves to see are good faces and well lit lit lighted. I have all classes professional men. One of the last is a barrister. He said that they had no fault to set find set me. Did not like the rooms. I myself do not believe in ghosts. I have never seen anything strange here. Elsewhere, if I known the house, the reputation being haunted, I've never rented it. Marsh's library, that quaint old world pharmacy of Prendress tombs, could it be haunted of ghosts of its former primate Narcissus, Narcissus Marsh, said before great in the gallery, contains what was formerly his own private library. He moves in and out among the graces. Taking down books, finding them on the shelves, occasionally throwing them down, readers' desks as if in anger. Ever, he always leaves things in perfect order. A late mister, who for some years lived in the librarian's rooms, and he was a firm believer in this ghost. He said frequently heard noises, which could only be accounted for by the presence, not to a visitor. The present tenant is more sceptical. The story goes that Marshall's niece eloped from Parrot Pace. From Paris. She married to Tavern, Tavern to a curate of the chapel that is lead. She pulled have written a note consenting to the to have them placed in one of the uncle's books, to which her lover has access, where he found it. As it punishment for his lack of vigilance, Archbishop said to condemn Hunt the note until he found it find it. Hence the ghost. The ghost of the deceased canon was seen as in one of the Dublin cathedrals by several independent witnesses, one of whom, a lady, gives her own evidence, experience, experiences the follows canon, a personal friend of mine. They had many times discussed ghosts and spiritualism, which he was a profound believer 
having had many supernatural experiences himself. During the Sunday morning service of the cathedral, found my, saw my friend, been dead for two years, said he signed the communion tools. I was so much astonished at the flesh and blood appearance of the figure, I took off my glasses of white linen, my handkerchief, same time looking away from him down the church, looking back down again, he stood there, and continued to sit there for about ten or twelve minutes, while after a while he faded away. I marked the change in his personal appearance, which was his beard was longer and whiter than I have known him. In fact, such a change would have occurred in life in the space of two years. I told my husband the occurrence of all, on my way home. You remember loving heard some talk of the appearance of this clergyman, Creed, since his death. Hurrying back to the afternoon service, I asked the Robert Rice, but he went seen Canon Ghost. You fold him, she had. It also been seen by one of the sections of the cathedral. Suggest mentioned this because describing his personal appearance, you marked the same change as I had with regard to the beard. So if you some years ago family had some had a very uncanny experience as of Ralph Gar. Subsequently of another Raph Raph Money Mays. They were committed, committed by one of the young ladies, Miss M. A. Wilkins. I published them in the journal American SPR on which they are they have been, are are here taken. The Rothgar House and Basement Passage into the yard. Along this passage, her brother and children used to hear dragging, limping steps of a hatch or door rattling, but no one could be found or such as made. The house bells were old and all in a row, and no one, one occasion, all, they all rang apparently their own accord. The lady narrator used to sleep in the back drawing room. Always when the light was put on, she heard strange noises. This someone was going round the room, rubbing papers on the wall. While she often had feelings, a person was standing beside her bed. A cousin was a, a nurse once slept with her. Also noticed strange noises. One occasion this room was given up to a very matter-of-fact young man to sleep in. The next morning he said the room were very strange with queer noises in it. Her mother had a strong experience in the same house. One evening, she had put, just put the baby to bed when she heard a voice calling mother. She left the bedroom and called to her daughter, who was in the lower room. What do you want? The girl replied she had not called her. Then in her turn, asked her mother, she found she had been in the front room, but she had just heard a noise. This someone was trying to fasten the inside bars, such as across. Mother had been upstairs. No one was in the front room. Being to Rafmanini's house, uh, slimmer oratory nature, a young lady heard the names. No, it was found that no one else had done so. Can you have that ghosts aspire? Lawsuit, 17th century, they'd be found actively urging the adoptation. League proceedings by 19th and 20th centuries, they play a massive, more passive part. A case about a haunted house took place in Dublin, year 1885, in which the ghosts may be said to have won. A 
Mr. Walden, the solicitor's clerk, sued his next door neighbour, one Mr. Kerman, a mate in the merchant's office, to cover 500 damages done to his house. Kerman together denied the charges, but said that Walden's house twice haunted. When it is approved that every night from August 1884 to January 1885, stones are thrown the windows and doors. It's extraordinary and acceptable occurrences continually took place. Miss Walden, wife of the plaintiff, swore that in one night he saw one of the panes of glass of a certain window cut through with a diamond and white hand inserted through the hole. She once caught a billhook and aimed a blow at the hand cutting off one of the fingers. His finger could not be found nor any trace of blood seen. Tavern hers was slowly persecuted by noises, persecuted by noises. The servant hers was slowly, slowly persecuted by noises, pers- persecuted by noises and footsteps. footsteps. Mr. Warden, the aid of detectives and policemen, endeavoured to find out the cause. When no success, the witnesses in the case were closely, closely examined. But without shaking the testimony, the facts appeared approved. The jury found that the covert man, the defendant, at least 20 persons to testify on earth the fact has been known as to have been haunted. Before having leaving the setting, the immediate surroundings, we must relate the story of extraordinary ghosts, somewhat lucky in good manners, yet without a certain disorder sense of it. Absolutely incredible, though, tell me, seeing, and yet it comes very good authority. Later in the form, Mr. D, by Mrs. C, the daughter, was employed as a governess. Miss C is described as a woman of spiritual position, good education, heard in her turn from her father and mother. Throwing in a relationship with different persons, seemed a little involved. It would appear the initial A belongs to her surname, both of Mrs. C's father and grandfather. Ghost is commonly known as Corny by the family. He answered to this, though, with not his proper name. He disclosed his letter to Mrs. C's mother, who forgot it. Corny made his presence manifest for A. Family shortly after they had gone, resided in street. Following manner, Mr. A had sprained his knee badly, had to use a crutch, which at night was left to one head on the bed. One night, his wife heard someone walking on the lobby. Pump, 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 as infantating. Mr. A, who struck a match to see if the crutch had been removed, the head on the bed. They were still there. From that on, they were that on. Corny commenced to talk. He spoke every day, but from his usual habit, the coal cellar of the kitchen. His voice sounded if he came out of an empty barrel. He's very troublesome. Continued playing practical jokes to the servants, who they might have suspected the terror of their lives of him. So much so that Mrs. A could hardly induce them to stay with her. He used to sleep in a press room, bed in the kitchen, in order to get away from Corny. They asked him for a room at the top of the house, which was given to them. Corleen, the best bed, was moved up there. The last night they went to retire to bed. Vasa changed the doors of the press. The flung open, Corleen's voice said, Aha, you devils, I'm here before you. I'm not confined to any particular part of this house. Corleen continued tampering with the doors, straining locks and keys. Any of has himself in the material, form for two persons too, who died of a fright to Mr. A. Mrs. C.'s father, when he was about seven years old, that described him to his mother as a naked man with curl on his forehead, a skin like a clothes horse.
One day a servant was preparing fish for dinner. She said it, he laid it on the kitchen table as she went elsewhere for something she wanted. When she turned, the fish had disappeared. She therefore, she thereupon began to cry, fearing she would be accused of moving or making away of it. Next thing she heard was a voice calling from the outside door, cellar, saying, "There, you bloody fool! This is your fish for you." And stood in the action of the word, fish was thrown out the kitchen floor. Relatives of the country used to bring presents of vegetables. They often hung up for calling, like Christmas decorations around the kitchen. In one peculiar press in the kitchen, he would not allow anything onto, into. He would throw it out again. A crock with meat and a pickle put in it, the fish placed on the cupboard of the crock. He threw out the fish out. Two spoons were missing, on account, no account of them could got in until Mr. A asked Cooney to confess he'd done anything with them. He said they were under the tickling the servant's bed. He said he had to say, he, so he said, the daughter in street sometimes announced he's going to see her, would not be there tonight. On one occasion he announced he's going to have company that evening. If he wanted any water out of the softwater would take, would take before going to bed. He and his friends would be using it. So currently in the night, five or six of voice, voices heard. Next one of water, the tank was black as ink. Not alone that, but bread and butter in the pantry was, was streaked with marks of sooty failures. His clergyman in the locality, having heard the stoings of calling, called to investigate the matter. He advised Mr. A, Mrs. A, to keep quiet, not reveal his identity, being the best chance of learning, hearing Corny speak. Waited for a long time, Capitius calling main silent. Left at length. So I was calling, why did you not speak? He replied, I could not speak while a good man was in the house. So sometimes I used to ask him why, uh, where he was. There's a reply, the great guard will not permit, permit me to tell you. I was a bad man and died to death. He named the room in the house in which he died. Crony constantly, tinnily, Joined in any confrontation carried on by people in the house. One would never tell when a voice from the cold cellar would erupt in the dialogue. He had his likes and dislikes. He appeared to dislike anyone, not afraid of him, would not talk to them. Mr. C's mother, however, used to get good, get good of him by coaxing. Uncle, having failed to get him to speak one night, took the kitchen poker hammered on the door, coaxing, saying, I make you speak, but Corley wouldn't. His morning poker was found broken too. So Uncle used to wear spectacles. Corny used to call him derisively four eyes. An uncle named Richard came to sleep one night. The plane in the morning. The clothes were pulled off of him. Corny told the servants of great glee. I slept on Mr. Richard's freight all night. Mr. Finally, Mr. A made several attempts to disclose clothes of his police. But no success. When their intending purchases were being shown, past the carried a Dokorni's domain, the spirit began, would begin to speak. Would be purchased would fly. They asked him if, he cha- if they changed houses. Would he, tr- would he trouble them? Fly, no. But if they thrown down his house, I would trouble the stones. At last, Mr. A. Appealed to him to keep quiet, not to injure people who never injured him. He promised he would do so, and then said, Mrs. A. You will be all right now, for I see a lady black coming up the street of this house. 
and she replied, when half an hour widow called approached the house. Possibly Mo Corney still there for a new foreman, looking up the dictionary as he is writing, found the word Mart House Mart vacant. Neil Blake Blanche Card Sound Co Dublin House occupied by prison or up to near, very recently by private family. The swarming and monastery was said to be, be secret practices in. Once seven eye in the kitchen saw the figure a nun approached the kitchen window. Looking a informant was also told by a friend, now dead, who had in going for the lady of the house. But one night once night falls, so no doors should be can be kept closed. Anyone shuts them was immediately flung open again. Great violence and apparent anger. It left open, there's no trouble noise. But light footsteps are heard. There's a vague feeling of people passing to and fro. Persons are happening in the house. As a matter of fact, imaginable people who speak as if it were an everyday affair. So long as we leave the doors unclosed, they don't harm us. Why should we be afraid of them? Miss said truly, most philosophical attitude to adopt. Haunted House of Kingtown Co., Dublin, was investigated by Professor W. Barrett, Professor Hedley Sedwick. The story is singly well arrested, that one might expect being interested in the pages of proceedings, SPR 3, apparitions seen in three distinct occasions by three separate persons who were all personally known as the above gentlemen. House in which this following occurrences took place to describe being a very old one. With unusually thick walls, lady saw a strange visitor, resident in her bedroom. She says, disliking cross lights, and had got into the habit of having the blind of the black window drawn and shutters closed at night, and leaving them blind raised and shutters open towards the front, liking to see the trees and sky well awakened. Opening my eyes one now one morning, I saw right before me this occurred in July 1873. A woman stooping down and apparently looking at me. Head and shoulders wrapped in a common woolen shawl. Her arms are folded. They were also wrapped as if in warmth and shawl. I looked at her in my horror. Did not cry. At least I might not have moved. An awful thing to speak or action. Before I heard, behind her head I saw the window. A glowing dawn. Lucky glass upon the toilet. A table. The furniture then in that part of the room. In that part of the room, after that may have been only seconds of the duration of this vision, could not judge. She raised herself and went backwards towards the window, stood at the toilet table, and gradually vanished. And it means she grew by degrees transparent. And through the shell, the grave veracity wore, despite the white muslin, her tablecloth again. At last saw that only in the place where she stood, ladies lay motionless into terror. She the servant came to call. The only other occurrence of the house at the time, her brother, a servant, to neither to whom could make any mention of circumstances, fearing the former would laugh at her, and later, latter giving notice. Exactly a fortnight later, while sitting at breakfast, he noticed her brother seemed out of salts and did not eat. On asking if anything was the matter, he answered, and a lurid nightmare. Indeed, it was no nightmare. He saw it early in the morning, just thinking as I saw you. What? she asked. Venice looking hag. He replied, with a head and arms wrapped in a cloak, sitting over me, looking like this, got up of his arms, and put himself in a position of vision. 
Whereupon she informed him that she herself had been had seen a fortnight previously. About four years later, the same month, Lady's married sister, two children were alone in the house. Eldest child, a boy about five or five years old, old years, asked for a drink. Mother went in to fetch it, drawing him to main the drawing room until he turned, her turn. Coming back, she met the boy pale and trembling and asking him why he left the room. He replied, who is that woman? Who is that woman? Where, she asked. That old woman went, went upstairs, he replied. So the lady was he, and she took him by the hand, went upstairs to search, and no one was to be found, though he still maintained that that woman went upstairs. A fiend, a friend of the family, so when he told them a woman had been killed in the house many years previously, reported to be haunted. You've been listening to Chapter 1 of True Irish Ghost Stories by Mark Rain. First published by Mark Rain and Rains, 2023. Copyright to 2023 by Mark and Rains. All rights preserved. No part of this publication may be recorded, reproduced, stored, or transmitted in any form or any other means. Electronic, mechanical, photocopying, recording, scannings, otherwise without written permission for the publisher. It is illegal to copy this book, post it on a website, and distribute it by any means without permission. This novel is a tiny work of fiction. Names and characters and incidents portrayed in it are work of Alfred's imagination and resemblance of actual persons living or dead, events of localities entirely because of the instrumental. First edition, his book was professionally typeset on Red, Red Sea. Find out more on redsea.com.